everybody and welcome back to today's edition of the BH Sales Chemical Holistic Healing Hour and thank you one and all, ubiquitous audience, invited audience where applicable if you're there to do so in both factions. Some of you may have heard the prelude show to my guest upcoming here in studio today, Ambika Davy, who's going to speak for herself in just a short moment here. So I'm going to cut right into it. Some of you may have had you the uh, privilege of hearing the prelude show. Redundancy is good, so bear with us if you have already heard this. New folks, here we go real quickly. And Ambika was so great to help me out with an abbreviated version of her bio, which is very extensive and quite lengthy. And speaking of modern technology, I have to go off screen here just for a second to read it. Here we go. Amika's expert knowledge of taming the mind and engaging storytelling gives audiences effective tools that prove that they can change neural pathways and their stinking thinking. I love that. <laughs> and with the main accent where we don't pronounce the G's, there are no G on this. It is indeed stinking think in so that plays well that plays well to the old main vernacular if you will continuing she has appeared on TLC the learning channel syndicated and public radio new york public access television and tdx tedx aubg many of you do know what that stands for i'll have her expand upon that that's pretty prestigious and taught holistic health at the university level for 21 years, with 46 years of experience, 13,350 plus hours of study and having. And so she's a little bit better than a novice, I tease. <laughs> Taught over 20,000 people the art of meditation. And I'm, no, I'm mispronouncing your name. You'll help me out. Ambika is here to give my listeners tools that leads you directly into a deep state of meditation. Amica Davy is an international award-winning author of six books, an astrologer, a meditation Jedi, I love that, and creative sexagenarian who stuffs her backpack with colored pens, a journal, a Kindle, a passport, and a deck of tarot cards. Sounds like she's well-prepared here is Amika. Welcome. Please tell us all about, correct me on the correct pronunciation of oh, your you name. You got it. You got it. Especially that very last time you nailed my name. Thank, Perfect, thank Grandpa Bill. Thank you. <laughs> and everybody, we're going to end the show right there. I tease a little bit because I got something right. Welcome and please do segue right in as we discussed in the green room. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. And it's been really fun getting to know you a little bit backstage before we uh, decided to hit the go button. What I call myself these days, because I have many hats I've worn over the years, so much so that I have sent career counselors into comas when they wanted to know all the different jobs I've had. Uh, as an author, I've got six books. Uh, but as somebody who has been really on a mission to help people gain more happiness, greater levels of health through holistic health, and more peace in trusting their true nature, I call myself a mind tamer. So uh, yes, Meditation Jedi is one of the other titles. 
the idea of meditation finds its way and weaves its way into everything I do in my personal life, in my books and my writing, my blog, my podcast is a meditation podcast. Now we use the word meditation really loosely in English because meditation is a state of being. It's not a destination. So it is a place that I encourage everybody who embarks on the journey to realize that, yes, you might begin because you're having trouble sleeping, which I do help people gain better sleep. And you might find your way into a guided meditation podcast or a hypnotherapist. I, I have done both. I have that certification in hypnotherapy and have studied different techniques of guided meditation from the background of yoga. The three tools that I use to help people, whether it be in meditation, understanding their true nature, gaining better health, better sleep, or just finding the next step, trying to figure out where am I and where am I supposed to go, is understanding your true nature. And I use the teachings of the Vedas, which is where the idea of yoga came from. Yoga, Ayurveda, Jyotisha. These are three sisters, three daughters of the Vedas, and these are the three tools that I use in body, mind, and spirit. Believe it or not, you might not know this, everybody, but the idea of body, mind, spirit comes from these three terms. Ayurveda is for the body. We may know it now as herbal ideas. It's not just supplements. It's also the environment. What kind of media you're taking in? What are you reading? What are you listening to? What are you watching? How is your environment? Is it peaceful? Is it disturbing? These are all part of Ayurveda. Sure, it does also give us the nature of the physical body that we came in with and involves the emotions and the intellect. And then for the spirit, we've got Jyotisha. Jyotisha is the science of light, whereas Ayurveda is the science of the physical world. And yoga is for the mind. Yoga equals meditation. It's not just putting on some stretchy pants and trying to get your foot behind your head. <laughs> it's a huge philosophy where these postures and asana have been morphed into things that look like flexibility. But one of my teachers used to say, if flexibility led to enlightenment, there would be a whole lot more happy circus performers. So it is in body, mind, spirit, body, Ayurveda, mind, yoga, spirit, Jyotisha, astrology, the timekeeper, the time clock, the thing that relates us to the cycles and periods of the earth and our relationship to the cosmos. These are the tools that I bring to people. Awesome. Now, when you do astrology, do you do astrology in groups one-on-one -on -one, both a little bit of all of the above over the years i have definitely taught astrology to people and mostly what i do now is one-on-one -on -one coaching right. and counseling so right. this is it's it's actually almost kept like a secret weapon right. you know governments use astrologers i've worked for police departments uh, I have a colleague that worked on mapping serial occurrences of arson. 
because it is a timekeeper. I don't know why everything gets so crazy, confused. Yep, there's a lot of pop astrologers out there, and they're talking about maybe one movement. We were talking earlier about Mercury retrograde and going direct Correct. Uh, as we're making this recording of this show. Correct. And Correct. Uh, I, I made a little video on social media early today about this because I wanted to throw a parade. Yay, today Mercury is going direct. Right. But still, we're going to experience some of these disruptions that right. this little trickster planet who is closest to our sun actually creates for our technology. And right. Uh, right. I have been a victim of this, everybody, today. <laughs> but here I am and uh, made it through the the tech bumps. I wouldn't call them walls because a wall doesn't doesn't allow you to move forward. Exactly. But uh, something we need to understand is even, you know, all the planets from our perspective view can go in retrograde, except for the one we're standing on and the earth and moon have their own cycles and uh, the moon revolves around us. What happens with the moon is we get eclipses and these create eclipse seasons. These seasons happen twice a year. As an astrologer, it's really important to back up and see not just where's this one planet and what's it doing or where's the moon today and what's it doing and how does that relate to my 12 houses and the planets that I yeah. might use in an astrological chart. Right. What we need to be able to do, it takes a lot of meditation to be an astrologer. You have to sit and contemplate the many, many layers of what is affecting. Because if you've ever received a computer printout, Correct. analyzing your astrological chart, you'll read one paragraph and it's great and all these things are wonderful. And then you'll read another paragraph and it totally goes against what that previous paragraph said. Exactly. Well, it's no wonder scientists are saying, oh, it's a bunch of bunk. But you know what? Way back in history, Grandpa Bill, the astrologers were the astronomers and the astronomers were, we're the, the astrologers, astrologers. you know, yeah. it got yeah. split apart, uh, yeah. just like holistic health was the healthcare system, exactly. you know, and then it got split apart and then it exactly. became more of a money-making machine. Uh, all right. So we have all of these higher level officials, organizations utilizing astrology, do you think? They want you to know all of the information? Probably not. I'm not discounting or disclosing the colleagues out there who are Correct. using it and maybe making fun and humor yeah. with it. I've seen numerous astrologers do that. There are some that do try to spook you. I'm not uh, an advocate of trying to scare people into wanting to understand and learn. And Correct. as an astrologer with my clients, I always focus them on learning about your chart, learning about what's going on, and then you gaining strength and stability in being able to ask even clearer questions to me as you contemplate it and meditate upon it. Oh, there's another use of the word meditate. We use it as concentration and focus, but what the state of being that is the true state of meditation does is that it takes us to a non-judgmental non-dualistic place, the true state of being. Uh, I've been taking deep dives, researching different ways of uh, utilizing this and what different organizations have done over the years. And some of this does creep into the pages of my books and finds it, its way there. 
Speaking of your books and books plural, is this a good segue to maybe go right into those? Or did sure, you wanna... we can. Yeah, please do. Please do. Yeah, please do. my ver my very first book, Lilith, uh, is um, a novel. I wanted to write a self enrichment book, and I had a writing coach who was going to publish my first book when and if I ever finished it, and uh, I had the start of it as a challenge from one of my professors from school when I went to school for astrology to write a book about astrology that wouldn't be found on the astrology area in on that bookshelf in a bookstore. So I started using the idea of the number 12 because in astrology, we use 12 houses Uh, in the more ancient forms of astrology. There were nine points of planets, but, Two of those were nodes of the moon. They're not actually physical spots on the moon. Those have to do with the uh, equinoxes and solstice points. And that measurement is in tropical zodiac astrology. Then there became this whole argument about sidereal time is better uh, versus tropical time. Hey, you know what? This is what I say to people who want to get into these debates. I don't care what system you're using. There's also traditional oriental astrology. There's Mayan astrology. You're going to tell me that their time clocks are incorrect. You're going to tell me that their zodiacs, which are completely different from what we're using in either of these systems, are they correct or incorrect? I don't care. I care whether the person interpreting them is clear and accurate. So Lilith, my first book, took some of that astrological information, my love of this number 12, And my master's thesis, when I was receiving my master's degree in the education of yoga, which, as I spoke earlier, is meditation. Correct. And all of the things that go into it. And I embedded it into the story. My first publisher told me that everybody's first book is about themselves. And I totally agree. And so if you want to learn a lot about me, definitely that book is. I did go on to take over the publishing rights and become my own publisher, an indie That's publisher. Awesome. And awesome. Uh, my label is Mythologem Press. And mm-hmm. I was signed for a three book deal with that first publisher, but took it on myself. And the second book, Unfolding Happiness, is about Ayurveda. It's an introduction to meditation. There's a really great uh, glossary in it where you can take a very extensive quiz to find out not only what is your nature now, but what is your true nature, which is a beautiful way to experience it. I uh, had a co-author on this book, but I am the scribe and the one who put the whole thing together. Uh, He had asked me if I could help him write a book. And so Unfolding Unfolding Happiness came from that. Uh, Later, I became friends with a poet Uh, locally to where I live in Florida, who had been in Vietnam and uh, writes a lot of poetry and now memoir writing about his life experiences. I'm sorry sorry for interjecting in Vietnam in in the military or was a civilian? Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. He was, he was, and here's, here's the thing. And it is in his bio in the back of the wizard and the wrench. I'm the wizard. He's the wrench. He was a Ferrari mechanic also. I love it. And he, he committed, uh, um, 
a crime when he was 16 years old. Okay. And uh, it would have put him in prison for a very long time at 16. And so, and this is in his bio in the book. So I'm not divulging anything he wouldn't want out correct, there. Correct, correct, correct. He was, his birth certificate was forged by his father, his uncle, and a priest. And he was put in Vietnam at 16 years old. So when we met, I had read a lot of his work. We became friends instantly. We used to meet up for tea. And I said, you know, Dominic, I really feel like I want to make a, a really beautiful book of poetry with you. You have thousands and thousands of poems. I have about 30. I love poetry. What do you poetry. say? I, what do, I what do you, at the time, I had 30 that I felt like I could put between uh, a book cover. Correct. Uh, I said, what do you think about me making a book, but it's more about your love of the river and your love in general, your love of people from the past and right. your love of life. And so right. I put together The Wizard and the Wrench like that. In between uh, my most recent book, I had been invited to write a feature chapter in one of those compilation books. Right that right. so many people jumped on the idea of after chicken soup for the soul. Uh, I, the only way I would do that was, uh, first of all, I, I won't pay to play. So those compilation books, the way that works, everybody is that you pay for five pages in a book right. Right. and, and that publisher is gaining all the stickers and accolades. Right. But when you're invited as a featured writer, you don't pay. So I added into my contract in that book, and this is my information. I can do with it as I please. I can publish it as I please so because I'm a publisher. I know to do this. So, so I took that and I'm, I wanted to make an audio book, but in order to do that, you have to publish some sort of book either in digital uh, or in print. So I made a digital book version of it. Um, my layout artist that works for my publishing company <laughs> did a gorgeous job. And that is about the goddess. It's about introducing yourself to the goddess and uh, learning from her. So I cross compared goddesses from different cultures. Uh, my artist is in South America. So she translated it into Spanish as well. So that's I'll available in both I'll English and Spanish. And then my newest baby was my pandemic project and it's Cupid is a bastard. And this uh, started as a short story. Uh, I'm in a writing group and we are challenged to write to prompts, meaning little excerpts from other people's right. writing right? Uh, to just trigger us into writing something could be a word, could be a phrase, could be a paragraph. And we were together for a weekend stay treat because it was during the lockdown. Right. And uh, I had been jilted just before the lockdown in an internet dating experience. Now, remember, I'm also an astrologer who's very interested in the mythologies going into sure. the Greco-Roman. Sure. Took, took me a second. Yes, of course. Astro you astrology. Of course you so, uh, I just I when I'm writing in a group or even myself, I'll title it so I can find it in my computer later. Right. And I titled this little piece that I wrote one page, uh, Cupid is a bastard, just very tongue in cheek, <laughs> you know, just to be funny. Right. 
Yeah. We had a guest speaker that day from the publishing industry in New York City. Right. And when I it was my turn to read, because what we do, everybody, is we write for a set amount of time and then we come back together and we read what we just wrote. Got it. So I read my one page and she blurted out as soon, before I even got into Wow. what was written when I said I titled this Cupid is a Bastard. She blurted it. out, oh my God, that's an amazing title. So it really after is. it was my turn it to really read, is. I went and bought the URL, <laughs> which is a great way to brand yourself. Um, over time, I, I was also grieving the death of my mother when oh, so when this happened. So and Well, she lived a long and healthy life. She, she did really well. She died just before her 97th birthday. So oh. I, and it was before the lockdown and I'm very thankful that I didn't have to go through the end of her life during yeah, that, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. we actually talked about maybe it would be a good time, you know, to let go as her body was becoming more and more difficult to deal with right. and, uh, and memory, she was ready. you know, I, I could see she was ready. She was ready so yeah. I, it was actually a very blissful awesome. experience and I'm grateful that it occurred the way it did. So there were poems I wrote through the whole experience, you right. know, of her uh, last years. There were poems I had written about lovers from the past. There were flash fictions of dreams I've had. And then the story, Cupid is a Bastard, morphed into a, 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 a proper short story. Right. And uh, the group that I was in at the time, most of the people were writing memoirs. Right. So as I was beginning to put this together with my editor, I said, look, I want to weave this short story through the entire book. Right. Uh, I can see multidimensionally. It's probably from a lifetime of meditating. I love uh, that. And I, love I can that. see things that other people can't see. Correct. And so I said, look, we'll just edit everything separate, each poem, each flash fiction and the short story. And then I will begin to brick and mortar it together, you know, and build it. And as we were getting through the editing process, my editor said, hey, you've got some really good chocolate recipes you've shared with me. Would you it's be really good into, into adding some, you know, it goes with Cupid. And right. and also in the short story, I did talk about the mythology of Cupid and right. one of his counterparts, Kama Devi, who we see in Far Eastern mythologies and Correct. shows up in, in uh, certain of the world's religions inspired from those mythologies. Correct. And I said, yeah, but I've also got some recipes for food that would be luscious and fun to share with somebody or yourself. <laughs> and I've also got some aromatherapy from the years of teaching holistic health that I have never published. So there are recipes in here for all of those. That's so great. And then also a lot of photographs and memories. So the author's note in the very beginning, there's some drawings of mine. Uh, there's odes to where I grew up and my family. Love it. And uh, so the book is kind of a memoir circling back to Lilith, my first book a little bit. Um, whereas Lilith has that embedding of my master's thesis in it. Correct. Cupid is a bastard has my years of working with clients. Right. Right. 
Right. And answering calls on psychic hotlines, which is also <laughs> something that I've done since phones had curly cords. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I really wanted to, to bring back one of the main messages that I give to clients, which is self-love and mm -hmm. a lesson that I learned from another great teacher of mine, which is we can only experience the height and level of love from others right. that matches the height and level of love we have for ourselves. Love it. So it is, even though it's got a tongue in cheek title of Cupid is a bastard, it definitely has humor in it about my own experiences with love. It's got some mysticism with the dreams and the flash fiction. And it's got a real mythology lesson about Cupid because we don't know who his father is. There right. are different myths. Some say Zeus. Some say it's got to be Vulcan who was Venus's husband. But some say, no, it's Aries or Mars, you know, that we interchange the names on. So yeah. it's a very real title, although... Some people get a little put off by the B word. You know what? Get over it. If you grew up in a different century, that was a very natural and normal word. It's so funny that you say that not to get too derailed for as advanced. And I mean that indefinitely in quotation marks as we supposedly are. And we are on a lot of fronts. We're still so puritanical. It's so many things that were how many centuries ago to your earlier point. They're just ingrained. So it's so much, as you well know, it's so much an embodiment of old foibles, old traditions, old mindsets. That is the uh, constant dilemma that will keep you in business, which is a good thing. But I mean, it's it's just it's just so multifaceted, so multidimensional, so multicultural. To your earlier point, one faction looks at what you just so eloquently said a certain way, another culture, whoops, I'm sorry, looked at it another way. So there is a lot of history encompassed in astrology, and it may be fortuitous timing because you're going to do this so much better. A recent note, very much as a lay person in the equation, I've tried to explain to my audience, I'm a Pisces by birth sign, and I'm definitely an empath. And I've tried to edify and explain to those that may not and may not have that empathy. Could you expand upon empathy and maybe not Pisces per se, but maybe Pisces per se? Of course I can. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, of course, what a dumb question, right? Can you do that? You know, there are I, no you know dumb questions. I mean. There are you know no dumb I mean. questions, Grandpa you know Bill. You know it's I mean. really important for us to, to be clear on that. Thank you. All questions are valid. And you know why? Because somebody else is going to be so grateful that you raised your hand and asked that's, the question. That's what we hope, right? So, yeah. I yeah. mean, I've taught K through 12 and I've taught university for 21 years. So uh, had the proverbial I learned student. early on. And you, I, I'm you've a, had the proverbial I, student body. For all I am the proverbial all, student. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've been working on a PhD for 10 years. Will I ever get it? You are indeed. I don't know. I actually started writing. I started writing to my professor this morning and then I yeah. thought, no, don't send that. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's talk about the empath thing. Please. Because we, we do see a lot of information about the empathic narcissistic relationship. We do. <laughs> Thank you. And... Uh, I think I can simplify it really easily for you. Please do. There are 
there are givers and there are takers. And the empaths are real givers. They want to give. They want to give to the point of overcompensating to where they are actually taking energy, time, and space and resources away from themselves. So true. And there are takers who want to just draw the energy. Now, we've heard some pretty nasty titles given to the takers. Energy vampires. That's pretty brutal in my book. That's pretty brutal. And... What I find myself telling the givers on a regular basis is you've got to find another giver, even though you keep being attracted to takers. I don't know what would happen if all the takers got stuck in a room together. <laughs> I don't think vortex. they'd have a very be, good time. It'd be a, it'd be a strange know? vortex, wouldn't it? It'd be a strange vortex. Continue. It absolutely, it would be like magnets never Ooh. flipping around and connecting. Yeah. And uh, I think this is what one of the myths from Greek mythology about twin flames and twin souls is right. trying to talk about. However, right. now we hear people using the term soulmate. In my opinion, we are all one soul. Correct. So to think of that as soulmate, I don't know who started that. I I challenge you listeners out there and people watching, write me a note at, and let me know if you know the beginning of where that one came from. Uh, That's a great- but. That's a great thing because we try to we we really try to personify interaction at my show seriously and ser- seriously it, it may be semi in jest but I love that idea if anybody does want to direct for sure but if you want to go through the message board at my show too it's a great way to expand these topics we want to get on the back as well. So help us out. Continue. Awesome. Awesome. It'd be a pleasure. I love it when a, when a host says that during a show taping, that's amazing. Um, uh, so the twin flame twin soul The I think my opinion is the idea of soulmate came from the twin soul myth that Zeus had originally created a human type being with two heads forearms and four legs and then they started running around and they completely freaked zeus out so he split them in half so they roam the earth looking for their other half twin soul everybody that's what that is as a yogi as as somebody who studies the vedas correct i cannot see the mind as inside my skull the mind is external we all have pipelines to it and the brain is what is translating the information. And, and then the twin flame relationship is a great creative relationship, but it makes it very difficult and full of friction Correct. in an intimate relationship. It's doable, but the people involved in those relationships, as with a giver-taker relationship, right. must on a regular basis regroup renegotiate, create new manifestos. And I think actually every, every group of people in any kind of relationship, because even just interchanging like this, you're listening to me, you're watching me. I'm talking to grandpa Bill. We are already in a relationship. Correct. So we have to understand that in language, things fall short. I think this comes from the tower of Babel, you know, where we stopped understanding each other. 
I agree. And texting has definitely begun oh. to ruin this. Oh my God. I see this as an epidemic disease. I agree. I agree. Being my, able to my, just my ghost someone. My 15 and a half year old granddaughter, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. It is melting minds into goo. Most assuredly. And again, for the obvious reasons of COVID schmovid, it got so personified, even more mm. so because of the hibernation and whatever, not justifying anything. Well, there, for, but obviously, fortunately, this continue. I'm fortunately, sorry. this did. For, oh, no, I, I overlapped you. <laughs> it was all on me. Uh, fortunately, Zoom had already been in existence, right. you know, and all right. of these platforms. But definitely vlog casting became more popular, whereas podcasting was prior to the lockdown. But you know, here's why. Because we as communicators need to look each other in the face if we have sight. Exactly. Exactly. This is how we communicate. This is the higher percentage. In that Words that, have I'm, so much I'm, little meaning. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm over talking you. But it's okay. It's so, I got you excited. <laughs> it's so it's so it's so important. At that isolated time, an emphasis on isolated, when we were isolated, how can you play to the senses other than those ways that in a lot of cases we all self-improvise because of what we were dealt, if you will. We made the most of a bad situation, kind of sort of backhandedly. But I mean, that's how we had to interact. You couldn't necessarily be right in the same room or belly up or touch it taste it well, feel it you know you could yeah or that that's for cowboy movies and when you used to have to use them to rob a bank now you don't even have to use them to do that right i, I don't even have to use them to do that i'm obviously getting rid off on my platform and i don't mean to do that <laughs> but it's so interrelated as to why the personification kids are kids and they've been on if they're of that generation they've been on the phones but boy have they more intensified personified because of COVID schmovid and that here we are and it is an epidemic maybe more so than the epidemic. oh it's much worse than i agree epidemic. i agree so continue i got a little side wheel there oh no no this is it's fabulous run with it anytime yep so uh, continue. i yeah. agree because Communication has broken down and oh, big time. it has created a lot of fear in people. And uh, it is for the betterment of a few, which I have never felt comfortable with the idea of um, classes and brackets, I think are detrimental. And it's so counterintuitive to what we personify and talk about. It's so counterintuitive to all of that. And to get back to my three tools yeah, of body, please mind, do. spirit. Please please body, do. mind, spirit. So for the body, as I mentioned earlier, we do need to look at our environment. You know, I worked in clinics for years. I taught people how to go out in the world. I ran student clinics. So I taught them how to go out in the world right. and go in business helping people with their health uh, through a variety of modalities, massage therapy, aromatherapy. Uh, but I also taught pathology. And yeah. as that senior teacher running the student clinics, I even saw people in the program at that senior level right. who didn't want to be there. And nobody had caught it. 
until I said to them, is this what you really want to do? Right. You know, and, and then being able to be open and honest with yourself. A lot of times I think we get into courses of study because we need it for our own evolution. Correct. And that's okay. But it's also really uh, important for you to be honest with yourself. Very much so. During that time, I would see people who had what we would consider big, scary diseases. And one of the first questions I would ask them is, what kind of media are you consuming? You know? And I have to say, I see a correlation. Somebody's not going to like what I'm about to say, Grandpa Bill. But I see a distinct correlation between horror and cancer. Ditto. Ditto. Seriously, seriously. Ditto. Ditto. Watching, watching news feeds and dementia and diseases, body diseases. Stop it, you know? So what we need to do is go outside and connect with nature. I can't tell you how many times I've had the pleasure of going on a walk which I do on a regular basis. Good for you. Or roller skate, because because I love to roller I skate. That. And I I, I just got back into it uh, last year. And God, it's it's been a tonic for me. So find that physical movement. I had just recently posted on Instagram something that I remixed from somebody else's post about right. if you if you went to a tribal shaman and you were feeling ill, whether it was body, mind, or spirit, the shaman would ask you, when was the last time you danced? When was the last time you sang? Moved to chime. When was the last time you were enchanted by stories? When was the last time you connected with the cosmos, the stars, and nature? You know, I have a neighbor who... I offered an orchid to, I live in Florida, everybody, and I grow orchids and I offered, offered an orchid to him and he went, that's right. You like nature. And I thought, oh my goodness, how can you survive and not love nature? And how can you be perceived not so much as the enemy, but to get the, how can you be perceived as whatever you're being perceived as at that moment? Just mind blowing. Why why is that such a revelation? You know, why is that such a revelation? Continue. I, you know, we, we need to be more conscious about what we're doing to this planet, whether you have children or not, you know, it's okay. Whatever your diet choices are, it's always good to ask, could they be a little better? Is this really going to make me feel good? You know, in body, mind, and spirit. Right. So that is a big part of that body of Ayurveda. And then the mind, meditation. Absolutely. I am absolutely supportive of you using hypnosis, yoga, nidra, guided meditation, mindfulness. So many modalities. Whatever Again. modality there is. And don't, but what and then, I, oh, I'm sorry, it takes, it takes many modalities. It just does. It takes many I, modalities to get to the end result, right? Which is the state of being. That's exactly. what I want you to understand exactly. is that these are launch pads, but they are not it. Correct. Because if you go there thinking that's it, you're looking for a destination that doesn't exist. And you're not going to find it under that premise, especially. 
in your sojourn or your search. There are plenty of research programs out there. Uh, I just took a dive into the Monroe Institute. Have you ever heard of that? Did you? Yeah. yeah. Or I'm familiar, not to the degree. You're I wanted yourself. to see. Yeah. I wanted to see what they are up to. I would love to partner yep. with a more scientific organization. I am happy for you to stick electrodes all over me and test me. Speaking to, speaking to your earlier term, <laughs> staying in your lane, and you know how I mean that. That would be a perfect lane for you to to encounter. I I wish. Yeah. Us, you know, this is my wish. Yep. Everybody, help me make it come true. Yeah that a scientific organization wants to get with me to understand what I've been researching all these years, what I've learned about using your breath. There's a lot of people popping up doing breath work. Oh boy, isn't there? isn't there? And they're morphing and changing the original formulas. Why? Correct. Correct. If, if something was written all these centuries ago, why would you change the factoring of the number 16, eight and four to an odd number. I don't, I don't, I personally don't understand it. Right. You know, why would you make it five or three? It, because you're branding something, but it's pranayama. It's been in existence for a long time. To my, to my next statement. So many thousands of years ago, not like thousands of minutes ago thousands of years ago that this has all been based on and as the old adage goes if it isn't broke why fix it It exactly thank you exactly absolutely exactly i'm not saying what you're doing out there isn't helping people correct just getting people interested in the fact that your breath might affect something exactly exactly i'll tell you chanting uh, is not as popular. This is where we have sprung forth affirmations Correct. Uh, from the mantra practice. You right. might say mantra or mantra, but mantra, it's mantra. mantra. Tomato, right? tomato. Yeah. Well, actually, with the language of Samskritam, which Correct. is what we call Sanskrit Correct. in English, when you say the word Samskritam properly, right. you're actually flicking your tongue on the arch of the roof of it, the mouth. It, it is that, a mouth. It is a mouth memory exercise. Insane. That is actually activating the pituitary gland. Exactly. Exactly. And it is the pituitary gland that sweats a particular chemical that comes down and rains down through your throat chakra. So they're very much into the heart and then creates ojas. So it's very much a methodology and a physiological system to it. And a reason for it. In a reason. Yes, for absolutely. It. So if you know, I think it's great that you might be using a foreign language like right. Sanskrit, like Samskritam. Right, right. However, if you're not pronouncing it properly, you're, you're not, not doing getting it justice the benefit. Or, or yourself. You're or, not or you're yourself. not getting the benefit. You right. you are just saying a word. Right, exactly. My professor that I've been studying with since I was working, he was my advisor during my master's right. degree. Right. This is his modality, is the practice of the science of sound. We we make sound with breath. We so do. it is automatically a breathing exercise and a sound exercise. It's an, it's an amazing science in and of it, in and of it, in and of it. It is a science. It in absolutely of, is a science. Itself. In and of itself. It, yeah. it absolutely is. Yeah. And then there's the question of timing. You, you've got to be 
at the right time. Every day, every hour is ruled by a different planet. Maybe Correct. you didn't know that. Correct. All you have to know is Latin or even French or Spanish to understand that when you when you say lunes, which is Monday in Spanish. Correct. That is moon day. That's moon how we day. got it. Moon's Luna, day, right, moon right. day, right? Monday, right? Tuesday, martes, Mars, right. miércoles, Mercury. Hello. Mercury. Mercury. Jupiter's day is Thursday. Friday, we even have some other goddesses named like Frida. Correct. Uh, you know, but that's Venus's day, Friday. Right. Saturday is Saturn's day. And Sunday is the sun's day. Exactly. So there you go, everybody. Those seven planets in our solar system. You know, have you read or followed any Graham Hancock? I'm familiar with him, in, in, in not to the degree that you are, but yep, yep, I have. I well, have. you have to remember, I'm an uber nerd who lives alone with no kids or cats. So there you go. There I have no go. pets. Yeah, so I have lots of time to ponder this stuff. That's great. Uh, That's great. Fingerprints, fingerprints of the gods. Yeah. Uh, I just finished reading, and he's talking about the pyramids, and uh, he's also done a lot of research about the flood correct, you know correct we see these destructions of this planet Boy, in we. these ancient stories from the vedas the idea of the yugas you might have heard that we're in the kali yuga correct and uh we're in the midst of it we won't be here in these physical bodies unless we figure out how to extend them for a few thousand years and but, i'll probably i'll probably bark on some Semi-turbulent water here, but hey, it's my motto. It's good for the blood. Uh, the pyramids, as we all know, wink, 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 pun intended with an I, pun intended, I'm just saying. A lot of where we are now has been so derailed from where we actually came from. There's a lot of... Uh, you know, to redundancy and to absurdity, there's a lot of bad information, of course, out there that make it so hard for the real McCoys like yourself, sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> through no fault of your own, through no fault of your own. That's my point. To cut through this <clears throat> fecal matter cauldron stew <laughs> that it can really be sometimes. Trying to watch my vernacular. <laughs> I we do have we do have a one. lady here <laughs> oh, trying to watch my vernacular. So, having done that, the new new book, if you will, the newest book of yours, yes, the Cupid book, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Is there a proverbial next one on the drawing board, or don't rush it? Bill? Oh yes, yep. yeah. Um, I as part of the challenge for this PhD, yeah, uh, which my challenge is very simple. I want to teach people to meditate so yep. that they know that they are. I love that. That's it. I love that. So I've been doing it. It's led me down many rabbit holes. It's led me to many different uh, studies, um, learning processes, certifications. And now I really want to embark on it with some science people. Uh, so that would involve funding or scientific program saying, would you be willing to be a guinea pig? Which the answer is probably. And as you well know, as you as you well know, sometimes in our search for anything, any anything, 
Sometimes when you least expect it, as that old adage goes, is when the most beautiful things happen. That's going to be in your horizon. I Thank feel, you. I feel that. I feel as my that. grandmother used to say, from your lips to God's ears. There you go. There yeah, you go. absolutely. And, 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 you know, within reason of our wish list as human beings, if we really wish for something and practice it and believe it and meditate in all of these fine things... You have a higher degree of prevalence of it coming to fruition just because you're doing the right things to try to attain it. Don't you agree? Don't you? I agree? I I have to believe it's already here. Now tell that's us. The, tell that's the way to what? manifest it. Tell I am speaking, sorry, but you know, as far as getting out there and getting on stage, the yep. last couple of years, yep. hit the brakes. I mean, it hit a wall. For the obvious, so, for the obvious reasons, number one, and then I'm, everything turned to Zoom, which I've been doing lots and lots of interviews. Correct. Uh, so what what I want to do is come to speak to your organizations, your groups, please uh, do that, especially the ones that don't really hang out at an ashram. And tell us how. And tell us how go to a those yoga organizations studio. and anybody how how would they reach out to you besides the obvious, but just. Tell us all your websites, your social media. Oh, How would they one, reach one out website. to you? How would they? Yeah, yeah the, the way you get in touch with me is my name.com, Ambika Devi, A M B I K A D E V I.com. And go. there you can message me. You can read all about me. You can see my variety of services, my course to help you sleep and uh, make an appointment. You know, if you're not sure you want to dive into a longer appointment, I do have a shorter uh, half hour discovery call you can book with me. And uh, but I encourage you, go for it. Go for the 90 minute session. You're going to be blown away what we can discover and how I can help you, whether you're pivoting or need to pivot, whether your relationship and your communication is challenging you at this time, if your creativity is not plugged into where you think you want it. If you want to produce something like a book, if you want some help with public speaking, all of the things that I've done, holistic health, all of these, I'm at your service. So visit me at ambikadevi.com, A-M-B-I-K-A-D-E-V-I.com. Great. And I'm going to be real self-serving because we definitely want Amico to come back when schedules in this crazy world allow for all of us to do so. <clears throat> Again, please do interact at the message. Well, you know, contact her directly by all means, for sure. But if you would love to be, may be in a live audience session, you know, with an agreed date, and that would take a little bit of scheduling and all of that, but hey, it would be well worth it. We would love to entertain something like that. And if you wanted to filter your questions through my message board to relay to Ambika or vice versa, however you do it, if you think that might be a good idea, we would highly encourage that because it's such a deep subject and we hope that Ambika is comfortable enough to come back. And um, Oh, absolutely. It would be we, my pleasure. What we would love to have you do, I've been asking all my guests now, where the world is, where it's at, a little bit inverted, and we try not, definitely not to work on any fear factors because it's so counterintuitive. Refresh us all how when something's inverted like it is right now, it can come back and actually be at the precipice of a lot of good things if allowed to do so. Maybe you would have some 
pearls of wisdom for us in that vein to leave us with before we do say bye-bye to the audience. It is something that I learned in Graham Hancock's book, Fingerprints of the Gods. Okay. He, or that rung true with me because I believe that I have always felt the same. The earth has been here for a long time. Humanity has gone through different destructions. They have completely wiped themselves out. Previous yugas have taken out the entire populace of the earth in just one day. When we look at the different yugas, there are different elements involved in what will be that final moment. The yuga we're in right now is fire, the previous flood. Have you heard of a flood story, anybody? So what we need to understand is look around. The world is not flooded. You landed here in a body. The world will take care of itself. Nature is constantly morphing and changing. Nature cannot stop. So we need to learn how to be in harmony with nature. And we have, as I said earlier, our own nature that we come in with. This is our job, our directive in this lifetime. We are timeless beings. We are indestructible in human bodies having this experience. Perhaps it's a similarity. Perhaps it's the dream of a divine essence. Perhaps it is just biological. Whatever your philosophy, what I want you to know is nature that's outside your windows and doors will continue. Look at how nature recovered during the lockdown time. If there was pollution, it subsided. Dolphins returned to Venice. You know, we saw things on the internet that proved to us nature can very quickly recover. We must ask ourselves, are we living in harmony with nature? Beautifully said. I think it's a perfect place to leave today's episode right there. And thank you so much going to say goodbye to the audience for today. <clears throat> and again, before we close, you know, we continue to grow exponentially and that's all great as far as my two business shows, which I do two other podcasts, but it really, really, really is so much more than that. So much more than that because we intertwine with provocative guests like this, their audiences, our audiences. And that's what we're all trying to do is just to personify that, take a look for sure, be vigilant of your surroundings for sure, be vigilant and be aware of, you know, what we're seeing, but be prepared again, and so eloquently that the body can and does heal itself and with vehicles and fine proponents like Ambika, we'll continue to find the way together. So, Subscribe to our YouTube channel and help us spread the word. And we'll see you all tomorrow. We'll say bye-bye for now. And may God bless. Peace, everybody. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hang on just for a couple of seconds. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. <laughs>